Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Strike and Mike. Um, lots to talk about, but before, before we get going, I want to just make a quick announcement. This is now, we are going to be doing the first hour or so of Strike and Mike for free. People have been asking us that they would like to share Strike and Mike more with people, but they feel like they can't because it's been behind the paywall this time. Well, we've actually listened, and we're going to be doing, like all the shows on TRS, we're going to be moving to one hour free, one hour paid. Um, and there's a new lineup, which is going to be, the, that's going to be Daily Show on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Strike and Mike Tuesday, NJP Weekly Report for free. Thursday on the NJP site, and over the weekend is going to be Alan and Warren's new show. Um, and occasionally some other shows, when they when they get published, will also be interspersed, like Third Rail or By the Numbers. When they get published, will also be there. But that's the new lineup on TRS, and um, those of you listening to this for free, if you want to go, if you want to hear the second hour, and if you want to hear all the other stuff, go ahead to therightstuff.biz slash paywall, get a subscription, we can't do this stuff without you, and this is the only place you guys are going to hear the kind of content that we have. You are not going to hear these views. You're not going to hear this kind of news. You're not going to hear these opinions. You're not going to hear this worldview anywhere else. People, people have to understand that um, any right-wing political content you have uh, very accessible that's everywhere is bought and paid for, Okay. So any other type of worldview on the right that you see being promoted on Twitter or on social media and so on, these are the product of a sponsor, yeah. of a billionaire. We don't have that. No, All we, we have is the subscribers. Yeah. This is an entirely people-propelled uh, people movement where we literally simply garner our, our uh, resources – from our audience. No one else. There's no donors. There's no one buying our party line because no one wants to buy it. <laughs> and they know it's not for sale. <laughs> it's not for sale and no one wants to buy it. So we have – this is the only place where you're going to get sincere, consistent. You're not, we're never going to surprise you with uh, bringing on some Jew or some <laughs> – you know, taking some strange position on the Ukraine war where we're pro-America in that conflict. Like, we're not going to – that's not going to happen here. So right. if you support what we're doing, yeah, just subscribe. And, yes, of course, they make it extremely difficult yeah. uh, because we can't – unlike again, unlike our rivals on the conservative right, we're not allowed to use credit card processes. However, there is a workaround for that, which is Jesse does a live stream on Tuesdays. He's actually doing it probably right around now uh, for those of you listening to the stream, but you're already paid. So streaming is always going to be behind the paywall. Video is behind the paywall. First hour audio is going to be for the public. And you can go to Sven's, uh, Jesse Sven, you can go to his stream on Odyssey, which is also on the Right Stuff.biz site, and you can get a subscription through Odyssey as long as that lasts. Um, which will seemingly be as long as we need, but we'll see. But that's, that is an option. That's also annoying, <laughs> but it's there. So we do our best to try and use all the different things that we can. We have to be very ingenious Pete, to keep up with all of this. I, I want to I stress to people just how thoroughly censored we are. Yes. It's um, actually ridiculous. I can't, I can't even use Telegram, okay? You're if app you're, banned? If, yes, I'm app banned from Telegram. I don't think you are yet. You don't not, really use it. I, I've, I need to use it more because – but I feel like the, the Telegram scene is sort of like, oh, yeah. you know, again, I don't, we don't need to go into all that. But it just has me like kind of like I'm, I don't know. It's like I feel like I'm screaming just at the same, same right. people over and over again. And we, want, we want to reach out to broader audiences and that's one of the reasons that we're doing this. We're encouraging people who are listening share with your family, your friends, with other people. We're going to be trying to, to uh, bring people in through uh, you know, real-world advertising, things like that, like trying to actually reach people, like putting our brochures in truck stops, things like that. Like That's the kind of stuff. We have to do it. We don't have a choice. The social web is dead. That's another thing we can talk about later in the show uh, if you want or maybe just some, some yeah. other time on this network. It's, it's, it's an ongoing story. The total death of the political social web, like the, 
the Twitter, the Facebook, people talking about politics, people are retreating back into their own little friend groups and chat apps. Yeah. And I even see that in our own community, people doing that. And now I see that that's a broader trend nationwide. Um, and it's because it's so toxic and stupid and also so corporatized and bought and paid for. And, and controlled. Mm. Yes. Um, you know, I, I want to I stress the, the, the Katyn Forest theory of how Jews hijack political movements. So as we know, um, during World War II, uh, Jewish commissars executed all of the intellectuals in Poland. Right, they took them out to the Katyn mm-hmm. Forest and just others. shot them. To Among death. others, yes. And the goal, the goal, the agenda, the actual purpose of doing that was to replace native Polish leaders, intellectuals, military officers with Jews. That was literally the purpose of that, and, and it was they, done in a in a very uh, brute fashion, forced way. Yes, but in modern times. And before this, too, they've done the same. We could look at how Karl Marx hijacked the idea of German socialism. Um, You know, there's actually a whole fascinating history of this where um, German socialism prior to Marx was seen as inextractable or or impossible to to, uh, divorce from nationalism. That if you were a socialist, you were also a nationalist, right? Um, Karl Marx came, hijacked this, stole, plagiarized all the ideas, and then tweaked them to suit a Jewish agenda at the time. And the Jewish agenda was to take the winds out of the sails of German nationalism, which, of course, was anti-Jewish. German and if you socialists, go back and you look at the left of the time, like some of Marx's contemporary colleagues, they were accusing him of being in league with big finance, big Jewish with, finance. Roth, with the Rothschilds. Yeah. yeah, and they were probably being, right. <laughs> they're probably right. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Um, Given what we so, know about what we know about what's going on today, it would be unthinkable that he wasn't, frankly. So, so today we have a modern version of that yeah. where Jews actually do everything in their power to, and it's not even all coming from the left. This is actually a large part coming from the institutional right. Mm-hmm. The kind of Bannonist, Bannonites are uh, kind of um, creating this recombination called the, the dissident right, right? Not everyone in the dissident right is part of this, but um, they have this new movement which is <coughs> breaking with the taboo against including jewish people as leaders so now you have this this wide array of worldviews but that that actually are kind of similar to what we've been promoting for years like bap right bronze age pervert um darren beady darren beady you know i just i just read the other day that darren beady was this this is something that came out in the court records um in a lawsuit against Elon Musk, but Darren Beatty is apparently, this is the claim from the, the reporters, these are liberals, so take it with a grain of salt, but the claim is that Darren Beatty and people like that are actually the ones advising Musk, um, and that Darren Beatty was the one that came up with the idea of the, the ban the ADL um, thing. Wouldn't surprise me. And now, I'll say this, though, that the... Um those libtards actually do investigate these kinds of things because they can't stand this stuff. So they want to like, they can't stand Musk. They can't stand what's going on with Twitter. So they investigate it and they want to expose, expose it. And what they accidentally do is expose effectively Jewish ops on that side of the spectrum. And whether it's Beatty or not, he's certainly involved, whether he's in control or not, or they want to frame him as being in control because they think he's yeah. like a sinister person. But that whole thing is absolutely an op coming from that side of the spectrum. Obviously, Peter Thiel is involved. Um, you know, so and these and I want to stress that these people are specifically hostile to us. Like they don't, they, they're not interested. You'll notice that as this type of uh, discourse takes over social media, yeah, they're not actually impacting anything in the real world no, political not even system. Close. Um, for example, you know. If you want to see, like, anyone out there that believes this kind of, this Bannonist 
politics, the politics of right-wing tribe or conservative tribe over ideological rigor. This type of politics, um, where does it get you? Well, we have a proof and concept, and it's the, the leadership of Georgia Maloney in Italy. Um, Georgia Maloney is a pure product of this type of thinking, of this worldview, of this, frankly, I suspect a potentially intelligence operation where um, Steve Bannon literally brought Georgia Maloney's party into existence out of Mm -hmm. nothing. They campaigned uh, in this sort of new right fashion. Then they get into power. And what happens? Record numbers of immigration to Italy. And it seems to me that they're all following this, this playbook where they'll say things that are sound radical and people think they're moving the overton window. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that as the overton window moves in the discourse, as these conservatives concede yeah. more and more in the overton window, the actual real world situation gets worse. Yeah. Look at Swell Braverman yeah. in, in yeah. the UK saying, uh, oh, why won't somebody do something about all these immigrants? I mean, Record numbers of immigrants. There's You're certain- the Home Secretary. Your party is the ruling, governing party of the UK for the last decade. And I mean, there's who's going to do something if not you? It's also there's an absurdity because of her race and the race of Richie Sunak. These are not native Britons; these are Indian people, and it's like they're and so they're, they're, like when I first saw it, like the incongruity of that just struck me. You know what you're talking about the incongruity of everything, like. The, the incongruity of, of an Indian woman, a brown woman, with, a, with the, one of these posh British accents up there, talking about how immigration and integration and multiculturalism in Britain has failed. Well, look, I agree with what she said. It, it, it failed, but what's, it depends on what you, what, how you define success, first of all. It's failed for the, the, the people of Britain. For the, for the white Britons, the native Britons, the actual indigenous British people. Yes. There's only one type of British person. Right. And okay. that person is white. And now for – but but for Suella Braverman, did it fail? And, and it's very easy for the left and for liberals, for labor, uh, to point at her and be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you know, and just it's, – it's, it's, it's silly. And I, and I predicted at the time when this happened – and I saw people on Telegram and elsewhere sort of joking, like, okay, when are you packing your bags or whatever, right? Doing that thing, which is like a natural response to exactly what she said. But I knew that conservatives would simply promote her and not mention it. Not talk well, about that at all. Forget, not forget, the, forget the, the whole thing. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, go pack your bags. But how about this? But that's not – If you're yeah, serious, that's a, that's a, that's you're a, serious yeah. this woman is the home secretary. That's, With a stroke yeah. of a pen, she could do – a total moratorium on immigration if she wanted to. She could cite national security concerns, close the border. That's it. So the question is now, if she's not going to do it, who is she appealing to to do it? Like, that's, what is this? What is the appeal? That's a very important to? thing. Who's actually in charge of the country that she keeps saying, we need to do something about immigration? Yeah, why don't you? Can't. Yeah, Donald well, Trump did this too. Donald Trump, Georgia Maloney, the Polish government, Orban does it. It's very they interesting. They all do it. Because it, 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 it also, that kind of thinking, I mean, it trickles down then to all the people below them and even to like the supporters or something like they, they, to inculcate that kind of thinking into people. The idea that like, um, yeah, we're, we're winning just because of talking points, because somebody's saying this. But then they're not looking at what the actual policies are, and then they almost don't even think, well, you can do – you know, it's sort of like the Overton window thing is over. If you have people that voted a party into power, and then the people in power are promising this, well, then the, the Overton window has – or not, if not promising it, just complaining about it. What further shifts in the Overton window are necessary before you act? What – what needs to happen? What needs to change? What? Where aren't you? Where? Where do you need to be? Where you are have the conservative party in power? Granted, with in Indian in Britain, with two Indians at the top of it, but um, mandates. They have a mandate. Yes. And they've had it for. A Why decade. don't you just do it? You don't need to further red pill anybody. You don't need to further convince anybody. Who is it that's stopping? Do you? it. 
Right. And, 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 and my fear, this is my problem with Bannonism, is that these people that continue to sell our country out, that continue to put in place policies that make things worse on immigration and crime, mm-hmm. these same figures, these, the swell of Bravermans, Georgia Maloney's, uh, the Polish government, all of these, Donald Trump even, um, what they do is they'll say, yes, you gave me the political mandate. You put me in office. You want me to do something. I want to do something, but I can't because the globalists won't let me. So what happens there, here's the problem. They say the globalists, the United Nations won't help me. The United Nations is stopping me. That's the excuse that didn't stop European populists. Well, and it, yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh, my question then is, is this a strategy to get disgruntled right-wingers to vote for you again, to tribe up? This is what the problem is with conservative yeah. tribalism, yeah. Yeah. is that they make an appeal. This is a person with the power to stop immigration tomorrow but won't and blames the UN or some other abstract entity, the WEF or something. And so the election comes around and you vote for them because they tell you a vote for them is a vote against the made up abstract entity that is paralyzing them and preventing them from taking action on immigration. Do you see how this cycle continues? This cycle continues and over and over and our countries are getting worse and worse and worse. And we're almost at the point where they're unsalvageable. They can't even point to the abstraction of the EU anymore. They kicked right. them out. <laughs> they were trying to do something. They kicked them I out. Think, you can't think even Rishi, bitch that they're the one Rishi, holding you back anymore. Rishi Sunak and um, – uh, well, frankly, frankly, the EU itself, as shitty as they may be, is actually doing a better job on immigration right now than the British government. And I'll tell you what they're doing. So recently, um, uh, Ursula van der Leyen, horrible person. <laughs> but – also kind of a ridiculous person, but yes. Well, okay, but, but yes. she went to Lamp- Lampusa in Italy, which is the actual symbolic, uh, the, 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 the symbol of the invasion of Europe is Lampusa, right? Yeah. Um, so she went there and said, you know, basically said that, like, we have to send these people back. Um, and what the European Union seems to be doing now is they're, they're paying – the, Tur- the Tunisian government to prevent people from passing through their country and entering Europe. And what's going on is that U.S.-based human rights groups are complaining about it. NGOs, Amnesty International. They're calling the European Union leadership uh, racist, that they're saying they're breaking with their obligations to the United Nations Refugee Convention, so on and so on. So the, the, the problem here is that um, there are solutions, right? The solution is to pay dictators in North Africa to prevent boats from leaving from their shores that are meant to go to Europe. That's, 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 one, that's one of many strategies they could follow. You know, right. Berlusconi right. used work. to do that, and uh, that worked. With, with Gaddafi. Yeah, right. that worked. And you know what's funny? The government in Tunisia is actually embracing its own version of the Great Replacement. They, the, yes. the leadership there was saying like they're replacing Arabs with yes, blacks. Yes, that's actually something we, – I think we talked about that when that happened or when that first was happening. And, and again, the same globalists, which is international Jewish NGO, Jewish-run, American-run NGOs, were complaining because the um, president of Tunisia – was saying things like, "Yeah, like they, they, they're actually they're flooding us with blacks, and that's going to replace the Arab population." Well, you want to see you want to see what a serious government does. You know what they did last August? The Tunisian government had scores of, of Africans trying to enter their country, and they did something called a desert pushback, where the Tunisian military and border guards pushed hundreds of these migrants back into the no man's land of the desert. Yeah. That's it. Okay? Maybe and that's a little got, cruel. That's they, cruel. Yeah, they got a lot of shit for that. But they got a lot of shit for that, but they're doing it anyway. That's what a government that is decisive, a government that, that is actually taking the immigration problem seriously. Send out a warning. 
send out a warning saying if you try to cross the desert into our country from Libya and Algeria, which is what they're doing, um, we're going to push you back into the no man's land. And the reason that the Jewish NGOs go out of their skull about that stuff is not necessarily just because, like, oh, the human rights abuses the poor people in the desert. It's because they know, like, this is this is the kind of message that will actually dry up the flow into the country. Because people simply won't try anymore, and they want these people continuing to flow north up into Europe. Uh, And, I I mean, I suspect that one reason why the EU might be, um, you know, I don't know what Vanderland said, you know, if if these these policies or how long they're going to last, if they're just trying to maybe shore up a little bit of stability, possibly because of the hits they've been taking to their you know internal cohesion and the Ukraine thing their economies and, and they're just sort of like you know we there was um you know in order to counter the AFD in Germany uh you know I read this article by a German I think I think some kind of liberal German intellectual uh last week who was saying you know the answer isn't to shut out migrants it's like a robust program of of social spending on the migrants is like with with what freaking money like you know it's like what are you talking about like you can't you can't have the the economic hit from losing russian gas fund ukraine send them weapons and have this robust social spending on this migrant influx the people at some point are, are and that's why afd is is continuing to go up they're actually really second place now wow. polling in germany and that you know and so and it's going to continue. That's going to keep going. And so and they'll probably eventually just ban the party, honestly. I mean – Forget about it. I mean look at Sweden, man. What a, what a shame what's going on in Sweden. I mean I've talked to people from Sweden, nationalists in Sweden, who just describe pure anarchy. And it's not the same as it used to be like 10 years ago where like you know they would just riot in their little suburb and then go back inside. There was like there was twenty two murders, homicides in Sweden last month. That's the That's equivalent of Sweden. of what New York City has every yeah. like something like New York City has and that the same bat the same population. Right, exactly. So. That, that's not that's quite unusual. Sweden is unusually dangerous. So, uh, I read the other day uh, a member of the Nordic resistance movement was uh, had his, his personal information put out by the Swedish media. Within days, someone firebombed his home, burned it to the ground, his mother's home, burned the house to the ground within days. That's wild. Was, and no one is going to arrest the person who did it. No yeah, one's gonna, they're not even going to really investigate it. And, and it's not even just that it's politically selective that the police we know the police are on the side of the of the communists and the and the the terrorists we know that already and frankly the states, but i mean at uh, this point the police can't even get a grip on regular crime right like they can't they, they, there's in sweden right now a big turf war over the drug trade in the country it's like fucking mexico where they have car bombs going off in the middle of Stockholm. They have uh, grenade attacks in the, in the Scandinavian cities about, like in Malmö. small towns. That place yeah. is just gone. And, and so what's going on is Kurdish, Kurdish criminals are trying to take control of the drug trade. And it's becoming this extremely bloody war zone in the process. <clears throat> so the Swedish government, you want to talk about moving the Overton window. The Swedish government has repeatedly, they have a center-right government now, and they are openly saying that immigration has ruined Sweden. They're saying this. Yeah. In those words, they're saying immigrants yeah. have ruined this country. Well, there's basically no you, there's no getting around that. Nobody can, can possibly... I mean, well, if you don't say something like that... Nobody can take you seriously. I mean, right? Let's talk. We've moved the Overton window. It's moved. Let's talk. So let's talk solutions. Right. The, so let's get to phase two. Remember what we what we say. We've done phase one. All of Europe now understands that immigration from Africa and Asia will destroy your country. Everyone in Europe gets this now. Yeah. So the question is now: When are you going to start deporting? the Africans and Kurds from Sweden. When are you going to start sending them home? That's the question now. And how are you going to do it? 
and what department of the government will dedicate itself to this. Now, the government in Sweden, from my understanding, is uh, putting in new regulations to encourage immigrants to go home, actually. The Swedish government is doing more than anyone. And one of the regulations is to make sure that immigrants can't get welfare in Sweden. And if you know anything about immigration to Europe, most of the immigrants in Europe don't actually, they're not like immigrants in America who actually do like the low-wage labor. In Europe, it's more split between people that do, that cycle around the the country with your Uber Eats or whatever, uh, combined with people that are just public charges on the welfare system. The problem in Sweden, though, is that the government is putting in these new regulations, but the actual welfare office employees are refusing to obey the government. And so now the government is in a situation where they put a decree out saying, stop giving welfare to illegal immigrants, stop giving them subsidized housing, stop giving them free health care. But the actual workers in the office refuse to obey And so the government just goes, well, guess we can't do anything about it. That's not acceptable. How about you fire those people or throw them in jail for insubordination, for breaking the law? See, that's what a serious government would do. But this is the problem with conservatives is they make a half-hearted effort to do something Mm -hmm. and then never follow up. Go look at Ron DeSantis' record on these types of issues. Constantly passing laws on wokeness, on political speech. Yeah, but they don't they even get, mention this stuff anymore. I mean, right? But what happens is within within weeks, they're challenged in the federal courts, and there's uh, uh, the courts put a pause on the enforcement. Yeah, and then they and then never it just, fall- it's dropped, and they don't even really discuss it anymore. Yeah. And so this is this is what I've been talking about for a while. Is that like when? If these candidates and these people, Donald Trump specifically, come to you and they say, you know, I can't, I can't do it, um, well, then what's the roadblock? And it's up to us then to clear the roadblock. Like, that's right. just what it is. Like, there, there's no other option. And they're obviously not going to do it because they're perfectly happy to continually play this game. Uh, in fact, that's what they want to do. That's why they're there. And, and yeah. They're there to waste your time, money, and effort. Right. Um, And that should be readily apparent. I mean, look, even this stunt that they did today where I'll admit it's kind of funny. Okay, they kicked Kevin McCarthy out of the speaker role. Right. (laughs) I'll give him credit. I'll I'll take the W there. But but well, the W I'm taking is that it just shows that the, 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 the GOP is increasingly just not actually particularly serious, because if you additionally, if you ask the eight. Republicans that voted with all the Democrats, and that was sort of a funny move by the Democrats because a lot of people were expecting it. What, what actually, on some level, what like the Jews wanted the Democrats to do was to uh, sit it out and let the Republicans like, just vote president and let the Republicans vote amongst themselves. And that way they were like, we're just washing our hands of this mess. We don't have to deal with it. But they didn't. They all voted against them. And so the Matt Gates and his eight rebels, renegades, Cross the aisle and voted with the Democrats to kick this guy out. There's no viable second option. Um, but if you listen to what they're saying as to why they did it, it's all contradictory reasons. So uh, Matt Gates is doing it supposedly because Kevin McCarthy spends too much money. Uh, one guy, this guy, uh, who is it? Um, what was his name? Tim Burchett of Tennessee says he, he did it because Kevin McCarthy insulted his Christian faith. And then uh, a woman, uh, Nancy Mace from South Carolina, oh wow, she's terrible. Said that she did it because Kevin McCarthy has not given greater access to birth control after Roe v. Wade was overturned. So none of these things make sense. None of these things are are incongruent. They they didn't even have a unified front. They're just like I have this grievance. I have this grievance. I have this pandering to do. I've got this pandering to do. So this Tim Burchett guy, he couldn't even come up with a good reason. Like he insulted my Christian faith. 
And then, but what about Nancy Mace and her demand that people have birth control? And now, what about the fact that that Gates is trying to make it like, oh, he's spending too much money? And and frankly, Gates is sort of almost like winking and nodding, like, yeah, I just wanted to do it because it's funny. Like he's almost just too. It's, it's an antic. Yeah, it's like antics. yeah, and and so he's he actually is just like yeah, and and I mean, God knows what MTG's reasons were. I mean, she's legitimately the, the re- clown. Republican yeah. Republican congressmen like Matt Gates are the equivalent of. Just people that go around with a camera bothering and antagonizing people for super. He's the baked Alaska of Congress. He is. They, he they be- are. And, and, and this is. And it, and it can be funny. Gates Don't get Alaska. Me wrong. There, it can be funny, but the problem is that there's a there's a there's a ceiling to that. Like they the, like our country is being ruined. Well, that's the point. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's sort of it's it's, real it's literally time. like he he's literally like the enjoy the decline, bro. Like he's like Elo, he's like the uh, Lamau. Enjoy, enjoy the the collapse because I'm just gonna fuck around. This is just fun. That's fine. That's fine for I like. A, I uh, get uh, that, but that's fine. That's a fine way to think if you're a, a, a person on 4chan making memes. Right. But if you're an American congressman, is that really what you should be? Is that really well, also, what your, that's your, also, your what if agenda just, should be? What if you're just a person that has to live in this country? <laughs> Where you can be like, yeah, there's a sort of cathartic release to like, yeah, fuck these idiots. Like, I like to see them twist in, in their own shit or whatever. But then look outside and look at the country you're going to have. And you're going to have to live your whole life here because we don't have another option. This is our country. Where else are we going to go? I mean, so, really, the, frankly, it's really disturbing to think about. But Joe Biden saying, uh, hey, guys, you should be nice to the white minority in the future is the closest I've heard anyone in Washington even address right. this issue. And it's definitely it's because the Democrats are worried about actually white voters. Yeah. We've seen a number of indications that the Democrats... Now, I'm not saying the Democrats are going to be pro-white. Okay, don't Fuck. get me fucking wrong here. I'm saying we have seen a number of things coming out of Democrat Party circles, think tank circles and such, or, or certain certain factions within it where they actually think, hey, actually being really openly super anti-white is probably not a good idea because that could, that actually could pay, like that that could cost us at the ballot box if white people decide just to check things, out. Things are looking actually pretty grim uh, going into 2024 for Biden. The polls now show him trailing by a lot. Yeah, and something like two-thirds yeah. of people don't even want him to run. <clears throat> they say and it's because he's you, old, but it's like, that, that's probably only one and, reason. And let me tell you something that should, that, that, that's going to cause instability in America <clears throat> in the next year. Like, we're going to have a wild year. Yes. Uh, the, the, the price of petroleum, the, the price of, 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 of oil is going to shoot up. So, right now, as we speak, Russia and Saudi Arabia yeah. are cutting oil production significantly. And people that study this stuff are predicting that by this time next year, right a month before the election, you're going to have $150 a barrel oil. Um, you're going to have insane – like the price of gas is going to effectively double in this country. Right. That's going to be – I mean we're already seeing tons of issues – worrying signs in the economy and usually i take these things with a grain of salt but something really does feel different this time around and if you're russia and saudi arabia two countries that are sick of america's bullshit um you have an incentive to actually meddle in our 2024 election just by cutting down the production of gas of oil uh, by simply making gas more expensive, you can cause massive uh, problems internally in the United States, political problems. And so if I, I'm starting to wonder, because I see more and more liberals and Democrats uh, openly talking about replacing Biden, and I'm starting to wonder if Biden is going to be the 2024 nominee. For the Democrats. Yeah, I've seen this conversation happening. The thing is that it's sort of like, uh, and, and they've done polling, and, and po- that might be push polling, or it's maybe they're trying to get some action by showing these polls to be like, hey, listen, you know, and it could also just be what the public thinks that people don't, people just they say he's too old to run. 
That's a, me- that's a mechanism to pressure him to not run. Hey, look, 70% of people don't think you should run because you're too old. Now, he's not running the country. Everyone understands that. His Jewish cabinet is. But, you know, at the same po- time, it's, you know, it's, it is actually sort of absurd, right? This doddering fool, who, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, we'll see. But, again, it's, it's sort of like that's – I mean, we had Diane Feinstein just kick the bucket. And – it, like why? Did Look at our replacement. Yeah, but yeah, right. Lafonza, Lafonza, Butler, who's like a who's like a black woman who is chosen out of some like pot of black women that they have. And, they, <laughs> and you know, it's funny. Gavin, I saw an article today that Gavin Newsom has been criticized before for like constantly doing this. Like every time there's a political appointment to make, he's got like he literally has a binder full of black women. Um, that he chooses them, and they're actually now accusing him, of course, because you can't win. You can never win of like pandering, and and like, yeah, so it's just like. Well, the problem in California is that it's it's California is a Latin American state. It's it's not it, right. it's it's got all the worst aspects of Latin America with all the worst aspects of Anglo America. It is sort of ridiculous so, for so if he's going to be have, like, I'm going to put in a woman of color that he chooses a black woman. Because blacks are not like particularly no. overrepresented in the California. People, you're you're going to get complaints from the blacks. I mean the the Mexicans. The Beaners, and Asians. Yeah, they're not going to like. They're they're all, you're not. You can never win because no matter who you appoint, there's going to be people complaining because in in California you have um, you have an extremely you have, it's a majority minority state. So first of all, first of all. The, the 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 this actually kind of goes. I I, I was uh, guilty as charged. I was reading BAP's book the other day, just out of curiosity, because they're really astroturfing this. Thing. Yeah, they're really trying to like make they, this guy into. They're a thing. they're really, but his his thesis is that it's his PhD thesis, right? And his thesis is that we should be ruled by a eugenically uh, selected elite. But if you look at who's running California, Gavin Newsom, at least on paper, that kind of already exists. He says we need a eugenic elite that oversees a multiracial population, right? A dysgenic multiracial yeah, that's, that's, that's a fucking mold bug, NRX shit. Right. But California is already that. You I mean, already look have at like Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom <laughs> with his movie star looks. And his beautiful wife, yeah. he has like five kids. Yeah. His wife They're actually stable. is very attractive, and those kids are okay. like, you know, so very, it's like, it's like very, a, attra- very good looking children. So, yeah. I mean, Gavin Newsom is the first wasp under 70 that I've seen in public life in America in years. Um, he's an actual, like, caricature, like a Hollywood Jewish caricature of a, of a wasp. And he has this beautiful blonde family. Yeah. With his beautiful movie star looking wife, yeah, and they they rule. They have all these like um, this this they're really uh, like a Latin American elite <laughs> descended yeah. people. He's like Vicente Fox of California. He's like right, right. So if if Babs if Babs unique challenge to the status quo is that, well, you already have it. Yeah, you already have that in America. You know, I was discussing this with someone today. This is a bit of a tangent, but I want to make this point. In order to to get into the American elite, right? You kind of are being selected for, uh, and the thing you're being selected for is your intu- social intuition, your 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 social intelligence to know to say counterintuitive things. That have no bearing whatsoever on your personal life. For example, uh, the policies that Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer support as governors are anti-family. They're hostile to European uh, flourishing. Uh, they're 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 for crime, chaos, anarchy. Education goes through the dirt. Uh, all these social problems that make it impossible. For people of European descent to have a quality of life worthy of having children. Meanwhile, they in their personal lives have long-standing, long-running, successful marriages with five kids. So 
what's going on here? Well, the Jewish power structure, the actual power behind the throne, have created their own eugenic system yeah. that selects, that pushes people that are not willing to, to stand up for self-destructive lies, that aren't willing to say that a man can be a woman or that more immigrants is a good thing. Those people are selected out of the elite. Yeah. Out of the but the the type of white people that are willing to to they know intuitively what to do despite what they're doing being counterintuitive and self-destructive. Those people are being selected for by the Jews as middle managers of America. So if you're being confused, take it like this, right? If you want to get into an elite university, there, there was once upon a time um, the American um, the American elite was actually more dysgenic, right? And the reason for it is that um, if you were a, a, the CEO of a company, you would probably marry your secretary and have children with right, her. Yeah, that has been done away with. Now. If you're a, a CEO, you're marrying another woman who's highly educated in the realm of, and also very powerful. So there's actually not a lot of class mobility among whites either. No, it's, it's, it's an increasingly small gene pool of elites that is very much parallel, and this has been studied, parallel to the Habsburg era in Europe where the, the class mobility was quite similar. And so you have this sort of stagnating, highly, uh, highly insular elite growing in, as middle managers that are overseeing an increasingly anarchic, racially incoherent population, where even the white people now, uh, the few white people trying to climb the ladder into the elite that aren't on board with this entire uh, lib left liberal worldview on culture, once you get to a certain rung on the ladder, these people step on your fingers, so you fly off. Yeah. That's what people like Christopher Matthias that go around hunting uh, yeah. whoever, that, that, yeah, whoever, exactly. whoever, whoever uh, said something racist 10 years ago. He hunts for these people because that's his job. It's to exclude them from the rising American elite of goy of white goy collaborators and Jewish Zionist overlords. Right. And that's why, I mean, just to go to my own story, you know, coming from a family that very much was interested in being integrated into this structure, very much like a product of this exact thing, coming from an upper middle class suburban white family that did very well and had all the right ideas and all the right ideology. Um, when I was when my identity was revealed, I had a whole bunch of these people all up in my shit trying to figure out. I was naive to exactly what was going on at the time, but now I understand. They wanted to figure out, and that's why they did the piece in the New Yorker. That's why they did all this shit. They're like, "What made this kid, this guy from this background, whose parents listened to NPR, had all the right opinions?" His dad worked in New York, made good money, had a nice house. You know, all this. What made this kid do this? Why? And so uh, they, they were very puzzled. And they were worried that more people were going to do that because, you know, that's something that the brain power. Uh, and, and we are the only thing now that is going other than their thing that will attract smart white people. Yes. This thing that we're doing. And BAP is actually there to dumb down any yeah. smart white people on the right and make them interested in foolish and, and trivial nonsense, frankly. The fact that he talks in like a silly fake, you know, dog roll, uh, you know, this silly banter, it, it's literally to make smart people stupid. Or, uh, or yeah. writing books in, in childlike language. That, that's, what, that's, what dog, that's what I mean by dog roll. Like his, yeah, his, silly, yeah. his silly like banter speak that he does. Like that's stupid. That's dumb. That, but that what, is, I, what, I'm, what I'm so confused about is that I have very sensible political ideas. And yet in the last – you two, we have very <laughs> sensible, moderate ideas and solutions for these problems. We speak plainly. Very elegant solutions as we say, yes. Right. But you'll never really find anything I've ever said in the eight or nine years of my writing – my long, my long resume, my CV of articles and podcasts, 
You'll never find me going out there saying we should kill all the black people. No. We should go and rule uh, non-white countries and enslave them. And you want to know what's these, these are all things BAP says. Speaking yet, of that. he is never really – like when you read people – when you read the system journalists and the people tasked with coming after me or you, they write with this, with this real vitriol. Like they want us to be dead or in jail. And they do everything in their power. They spent millions of dollars to discredit us, to throw us in jail, to, to lie about us, defame us, misrepresent what we believe. They've done this all to us. But here comes Bap, a guy whose slogan is total nigger death. And um, that is not censored. Right. That is not uh, criticized. The only criticism I've seen of that type of discourse, I mean, the Atlantic – Rosie Gray was writing this kind of tongue-in-cheek article that you can't really tell if she's promoting BAP or censor or upset yeah, at BAP. And, and uh, Mother you Jones this, had, the Mother same, Jones. Had, had the same exact type of article just a couple days before or right around the same time. And there's another thing here, which is that when we first started TRS – uh, and I don't think this was some op. This was just edgy people who yeah. who were around that were saying things like that in our circles, right? And some stuff made it onto the site. I had to delete it. It's been archived. It's embarrassing, whatever. But who cares? That doesn't represent anything that we're about anymore. Um, but that era when people were being really edgy, fed posty, and kind of silly um, was when we were getting courted by – these people like the dc type people who were like yeah come and meet with us and talk to us and once i actually realized that i don't need to feel because i was never comfortable with that stuff i always thought it was dumb and it always kind of made me uneasy right but i kind of like went with it because i was like all right well i guess that's sort of a thing in this community that's done i don't want to go against the grain and, and stand out or anything but once i realized that's stupid that's bullshit and i can actually just Go with my own instincts about what's right and wrong, what sounds right, what feels right, what actually is politically smart, and stop thinking that like any of my instincts towards like a less like, crazy extreme position that were just coming from my gut are, are actually much more normal than this stupid shit that people are saying. And just I'm going to now go with that. That's when the fucking freeze out came. Right. That's yeah. when the cold shoulder came. When and, when you take the the actual sensible position on these things, right, is when you get the hostility from that from from these people, and they have influence because they they have must ear, they have, uh, and so that's where you get the situation where somehow the Justice Report, which is the best journalistic outlet on the right, bar none, yeah, bar none. Yeah. Unlike Breitbart, they do actual unique reports. There's original reports. Unlike, unlike, unlike Revolver News, their reporting is accurate. You know, I, I saw how many thing. people. How many people are getting sued right now because they took a Revolver News article seriously and defamed someone? Uh, yeah. Someone, yeah. Uh, you know, or or how many how many embarrassments of, for example, Revolver News uh, claimed that. Stuart Rhodes was an FBI agent, right? And now Stuart Rhodes is going to do 20 years in prison. And uh, what was that so guy's name? Ben Brody, the Jewish kid who they, they said was like the patriot. I'm not sure if they said that. I'm not well, sure. But Musk is – okay, well, I'm not talking about – Musk is getting sued for that right now because yes. he amplified that, that retarded claim. And what was so strange about that was the idea that it was like – it, it just it just it takes the Jewish issue and it just makes it really confusing to try and understand because it's not saying like anti-Semitism is bad and we love Jews here. It's saying like, oh, look at this. These feds, these these white nationalist feds actually secretly have a Jew in their ranks. Isn't that interesting? LOL. It's like, but wait a second. What We're is all your, Jewish. What is your – but here's the question though. What is your – Assuming you you think that's true, which I, I don't know that they do, or they just don't care what the truth is. I think that's the most uh, actual relevant thing. The worst part of this, I'll get to that in a but, second. But, but my thing is, like, what are you trying to tell people about Jews? Like, what are you saying? Like, Jews are doing secret gay ops? Like, what is it that you're saying? They don't ever make it actually clear. They're just sort of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, another one of these anti semites is actually a Jew. Well. Is there some idea in your head about what something about Jews with that? Like, is there some systematic idea, some 
some narrative you're pushing some some you know what i mean it's like we actually have a worldview that's consistent with the facts and evidence about the jewish question and jewish power but when you're just like oh another one of these nazis turns out to be it just makes people confused like they just don't know what to think and that's part of the the plan there that's part of what they're doing and now this kid ben brody who legitimately was defamed by these people is going to get a lot of money out of elon musk he's going to or um, even or even Ray Epps. Like, listen, uh, I'll I'll be the first to admit that Ray Epps's behavior was very suspicious. He's going to jail now. Well, he got some sort of he got some kind of um, plea agreement. Oh, he did. Yeah, I mean, but the point is, as as much as all the, the smoke is there, if you don't have the gun of like some actual. Like the guy, there's no real evidence that has come out so far. Now, there are actual FBI informants that have been outed in court that were at January 6th. ton of them. A ton of them. But they, instead of, of, of reporting on that big picture issue, they focus on this one guy, which is one of the few people that there isn't any evidence that he, like actual court evidence of it. Now, we all have suspicions. Listen, I, I, I understand some of these some of these newer groups out there that are coming out out of nowhere and so on. Are they probably run by the FBI? Probably yes. But without really, if you're going to name a specific person and publicly report, right? It's not a hunch. You can act on a hunch, right? Like I've had people that try to like wrote me into a kidnapping plot years ago. And I'm like, okay, this is the FBI. Goodbye. Um, you know, I've had experiences like that where I'm like, okay, this is probably the FBI. I had people, but it's another. I had people trying to rope me into like recruiting people, recruiting like right wing Nazis to go down to like Venezuela and fight the Maduro. Right. Okay. Like, That's the CIA. See ya. Okay, CIA. Okay. See ya. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the point I'm getting at though, is that, if Ray Epps is willing to, to do a, a civil lawsuit where you can get discovery on him over this, it's time to drop it until you get the information. Well, also, because that this, whole thing became like, I, I don't know. It just became a focus of, of the thing. Like they, they were. It destroyed the, it destroyed the actual problem. Like it, it, yeah, it, it kind it, of it obfuscated the issue of what was actually going on with what then was you, happening with January 6th. You're the car, you're the dog chasing the car because then uh, it's sort perhaps, of like you're allowing you know. them to also sort of set and cement the narrative that what everybody did was necessarily wrong. It's just that, Oh, it was this guy that this guy tricked them into it. And it's like, well, how about the idea that like, most of these people are just completely innocent and they had some justified anger and, you know, in fact, just walking around in the Capitol does not deserve the whole uh, law enforcement right. apparatus of this country doing a massive dragnet on its own citizens, violating yes. all kinds of rights, you know, and, and just stomping it while at the same time, uh, you know, black crime and, and brown crime is out of control and immigration is out of control. How I, many I billions also, are going into hunting down I, well, this is these the people, thing. you know, yeah. This is the this is my critique of, of Revolver News is that, fair enough, I would actually um, be charitable. I understand with the Ray Epps thing, it was weird. It was newsworthy to report that this guy was going out and citing people and not getting charged. That's all fine and good. I'm for that. However, that instinct to find a scapegoat then yeah. went on to blame Stuart Rhodes from the militia saying that this guy is a fed and this guy is responsible. And then the, 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 the department of justice files a seditious conspiracy charge against them. He's convicted. Now he's going to go to prison for 20 years and you haven't retracted your claim that he was part of an FBI op. Right. And so just, that yeah, is the problem. The instinct looking to find for a, the scapegoat. Looking for the, a scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very conservative thing to do that kind of stuff. It's, it's very they did much, it in Charlottesville because in yeah. Charlottesville, some conservatives in Infowars and so on went to Charlottesville too yeah. in the Unite the Right. And then the same I, – I saw Infowars there. They were there as in a reporting capacity. And they were on our side. Mm-hmm. 
I talked to the guys there. They saw everything. They witnessed what happened firsthand. And then a year later, Alex Jones is going around saying that Charlottesville was all crisis actors. Yeah. yeah. So this this is what I mean. The only power we have in confronting this system, the only thing we have at our disposal, the only weapon in our repertoire is the truth. If we divorce the, the, the discourse, if we reject the truth for, I don't know, groupthink, feelings, whatever, if we push aside the truth and don't respect yeah. this, then because it doesn't seem convenient or something, then we are on track to fail. And this is what we do that is unique on the right is that our narratives reflect the real world and the truth, the good, bad, and the ugly. And we're not going to go and do things like, yeah, maybe Charlottesville was a, an FBI op after all. Right. Or, it or just, or the other thing is what we're trying to do is set a foundation. And, and like you can't – this is something I've been actually talking to a lot of people about um, in, in our community recently is the idea that like we really have to get rid of all shibboleths. We have to get rid – and that's not something – I'm not like accusing anybody or anything like that. But I'm saying like we have to let go of sort of any vestiges of, of reactionary thinking or ideas of of, um, of like phony things that people might have believed because they were online memes or it felt cool or it's funny. Like we have to actually be very grounded in reality based on what we're doing because the the argument we actually make – against the current system, against the American system right now, is that it's grounded in lies. And as a result, yes. whether we succeed or not, this system will fail. Yes, yes. And it can't win because it's, it's lies, particularly it's lies in the avenue of race, uh, are untenable. They can't, you cannot have a first world superpower dominating the globe financially and militarily when you are genociding or breeding out your white population. Right. You can't have that without the ingenuity of, of, of white men and white women to build your industrial infrastructure, to build your military infrastructure, to keep the computers running, to keep the clocks running, the train, everything running. You can't do it. To keep the planes in the air, you can't do it. You know, a friend of mine flew recently. Uh, and every time I talk to people that, that have taken oh, flights recently, flying it's, is it's, a shit show. It's a delay after a delay. Now they haven't had major accidents, but that's because they keep the planes on the ground. Like they break down. There's always delays, and and they're actually like not taking off as much. And so like flights are getting canceled. They like minor uh, maintenance issues are causing hours of delays. And eventually, we're going to just start having air accidents again. We haven't had them for a long time. Oh. But again, this, the point, not to get sidetracked by that, but the point being that they will eventually fail. So the question is, we can't base our thing on anything fake, anything that's lies, anything that's sort of like uh, uh, old memes, like, uh, like, LOL, let's all be muscular bodybuilders reenacting like Roman Empire stuff, you know, like whatever BAP is doing. Like, it's, it's all... Uh, a charade it's 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 just it's there for you to just think you know what i mean it, it's yes. or a charade whatever whatever oh charade, god you didn't, do it on pur- you didn't do that on purpose yeah i did do it on purpose Char- but charade. Uh, that's how roger waters pronounces it but um <laughs> but uh you know it's just it's a it's a big fat thing just to keep you interested in it's really like that's why you know we talked about how the online right the right is more dominant if you will online I mean, they, that's what the op with Elon Musk taking over Twitter was. It's like, actually, wait, no, me, the Jews realize, like, wait, online memes really don't have that much power. So What they're trying to do, and they'll admit this if you ask them, they're trying to rekindle the 2015-2016 meme war that objectively did help Donald Trump get elected. Right. This is absolutely true. Right. However... However, because this second or third round of trying to uh, breathe life into this strategy must exclude what they call Nazis and Wignats like us, yeah. it's never going to go anywhere right. because it's, like I said, Katie Forrest. You're replacing us with doppelgangers that always have one or two things so wrong that it can't ever function. 
if you're going to try to use meme war strategies of the Sonnenrad to get Ron DeSantis elected, you're going to hit a wall because Ron DeSantis sucks. Right. It's, okay? it's, it's ridiculous. Hold on there real quick. I am going to stop right here. This is the end of the first hour. So if you guys want to hear the rest of the conversation, you're listening to the free hour. Go ahead and uh, go to uh, TRS, the right stuff biz slash paywall and get a subscription and you can hear the rest of it. You can watch the video, you can hear the live stream. So real quick, I'm just going to stop here.